Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store over on Etsy at etsy.com shop slash beyondblathers. And make sure to follow us over on TikTok, where Olivia is just honestly making the best content ever that I just <laughs> love so much. So you can find her at beyond underscore blathers. And please give us a follow on TikTok. That would just really make our day. So yeah, today we are going to be talking about the piranha, which I feel like is a long time coming. Like, I don't know why we haven't done the piranha yet, to be honest, because it's just actually an iconic fish. There's not there's not too many iconic fish, and this is one of them. Yeah, I, I feel like the piranha is one of those creatures that you say and, like, everyone knows. Everyone knows what you're talking about. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, we just haven't done it. But we're doing it now, so thanks yeah. for being here and listening. I think this will be a fun one. But yeah, let's see what Blathers has to say about the piranha, which I think will be interesting because the piranha is like at least known as a scary fish. Scarier, arguably, than a lot of insects, you know? Oh, yeah. But yeah, like, definitely. Something tells me that Blathers is not going to have the same disdain for them. <laughs> but let's check it out. <laughs> So if you bring a piranha to Blathers, he'll say, I am not exactly a fan of the piranha, despite knowing that they're mostly harmless. But those nasty, pointy teeth, who? These infamous little blighters will attack when in groups. Imagine all of those hundreds of tiny teeth, to think that they're floundering about our peaceful waters just waiting to strike. Well, never fear, I shall keep this one under the strictest lock and key, with nary a bathroom break allowed. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Blathers. Yeah, I feel like Blathers Blathers nails it here. Like, you got to have a healthy respect for the piranhas, but also they're mostly harmless. He struck a good balance. Yeah. I mean, I would give them a bathroom break, personally. <laughs> I wouldn't be that strict. But yeah, I feel like Blathers is just really hateful towards insects and really lets the fish go, you know, free here. Yeah, this is also just, like, confirmation that the museum is a prison of Blather's creation. Oh, God. <laughs> he is the warden. It's, like, the prettiest prison ever. Yeah. Lock me up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a bit about the taxonomy of our piranha here. The name piranha actually comes from the indigenous Tupi language, so Pira means fish, and sainha means tooth. So this is another creature that you might think is just one species, but it's actually many. The clade piranha is debated, so the number of piranha species out there, as far as I could tell, is around 25 to 30 species, but depending on what taxonomic definition is being used for the group, you might have more. It just, it seems really debated and confusing, and I'm not going to bother you with the taxonomic mess that this is. Uh, but just know that there are more than one species. The one in Animal Crossing is a red-bellied piranha, which is the one that you're probably most familiar with, as the name suggests it has a red belly. <laughs> like, uh, nice and obvious for us there. 
All piranhas are found throughout the freshwaters of South America. So generally, you'll find them from the Orinoco River Basin in Venezuela up to the Parana River in Argentina. There are piranhas found in other places around the world, but those piranhas were released pets. So please don't release piranhas in your local river system if you have them as pets. (laughs) Like, give them the dignity of like, um, yeah, just like don't release them. I didn't know people have them as pets. Oh, yeah, they're very popular in the pet trade, Uh, which, I mean, really makes sense. Like, can you imagine anything, like, more, like, I don't know, they they just give me, like, toxic masculinity vibes. Yeah. <laughs> like, if someone really wanted to, like, show off, uh, they would have an aquarium full of piranhas. Like, it's very super villain. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised to read that. But now there are places around the world that have, like, somewhat sustained populations of piranhas. Uh, it doesn't sound like they're, like, destructive to the degree that other invasive species are, but, I mean, they're still piranhas, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so can we talk about, I guess, piranhas' reputation a bit and whether it's warranted? Like, are they really as fearsome as we've been told, like, if I fall into one of these rivers, am I just going to be, like, attacked and turned into a skeleton (laughs) within seconds? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, so yes and no. Like, piranhas can be dangerous. They have very sharp teeth, very strong jaws, and there are many of them generally. So there have been very tragic events, like mostly children who have died as a result of piranha attacks and people who've like been intoxicated and ended up in piranha waters and died as well. So I don't want to undermine those tragedies. But I also think it's important to look at animals that get a lot of negative media in a more objective way. Like any animal can be dangerous. So I don't think like the piranha terror is really warranted. In general, from everything I read, it sounds like piranhas behave the exact same way any other fish behaves, but they just happen to have really strong jaws and sharp teeth that make them occasionally dangerous, but usually not. The vast majority of reports I found and the papers describing piranha attacks talked about bites around people's feet and ankles, and almost always these bites were in response to people treading on piranha eggs because there's a lot of parental care involved in the care of their eggs. So they hang around their eggs and when something comes and threatens the survival of their brood, they lash out and they bite. But this is never like a predatory attack. It's just, hey, don't step here and crush my babies. So I get it. I can relate to the piranhas. That's fair. (laughs) Not ideal for the swimmer who probably didn't want to step on piranha eggs, but that's where we're at. In one case in Brazil, there is a water body that had been dammed and trapped all these piranha in a place where lots of people would spend their beach days, and piranhas had laid all their eggs in vegetation under the water, and people were getting bitten on the feet for stepping on the eggs. But the city cleaned out the vegetation from the beach areas, so that pretty much solved the problem. So it wasn't as though the piranhas were, like, actively seeking them out. There were some, like, pretty easy measures the city put into place, and it, like, solved the issue. I will say from what I read, things that will attract piranha 
like to hunt are things like lots of splashing or spilling of blood or fish in a river. That's one reason children can be more at risk of being bitten or attacked because their splashes mimic something struggling in the water or fruits and nuts falling into the water and that can attract the fish. Generally, in the dry season, when the water levels are low and piranhas might be trapped um, or having trouble finding food, they'll become more desperate and that's when they're more likely to be aggressive. But all this to say, (laughs) very, very rarely have piranhas attacked in hordes to eat people. Like, it's it's super unusual. Like, don't, don't have piranhas on your list of things to be super stressed about. That's really helpful information, I think, because it's just, it just makes sense. It's like, it's reality. It's so much more nuanced than just that piranhas are like bloodthirsty killer fish that will like attack you as soon as you hit the water or something. Like they're just animals protecting their eggs and maybe being desperate and hungry sometimes, but mostly being, minding their own business. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what's funny too is so before we did this episode, I'd sent Sophia a video. It was like a BBC, I don't know. It was basically like River Monsters but B- BBC and they they had these guys in a canoe and this guy was like, "I've got this fish and I'm going to put it in the water and show you like how quickly the piranhas eat it." I couldn't do the British accent very long, as you could tell. <laughs> anyway, so he sticks this thing in the water and they have like the, you know, they cut to under the water and they have all these like sound effects and the piranha's like, I guess it was like a duck or something. No, it looked like a rabbit, like a dead rabbit or something that they put in there. Yeah. And they like make it seem like in like 20 seconds, the piranhas have eaten the whole thing and he pulls this thing out of the water and the... The, like, skeleton is, like, picked entirely clean. But it's, like, I just really don't believe that. Like, I I really, like, it was so perfectly clean that I was, like, there's no way a fish ate that. Like, these are, like, you know? I think, sure, they could get them that clean, but I feel like if piranhas really did clean off that skeleton, it would have taken much longer than they showed. Yeah. Like, it just seems really overblown. And also, it was so funny, too, because he frames it as, like, they're so ferocious. But also, he says that, like, he doesn't want to wiggle the the, <laughs> the corpse around too much in the water. Otherwise, it'll scare them away. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, oh, so they're, like, scared if it moves too much. They don't want to eat it. <laughs> that doesn't sound very scary. I just, it just cracked me up. I mean, maybe it's true, but... I, I don't know. You can watch the video and, and think for just put like BBC piranhas and you'll it's like the first compilation that shows up. And and you can you can make your own decision. Do you think do you think this show is being a little melodramatic or do you think it's true? <laughs> up to you. Well, so why does this I guess stereotype exist about piranhas? Like did you find anything about where it came from? Yeah, so funnily enough. This story seems to have been popularized by Teddy Roosevelt. So in 1913, he traveled to South America. And then here, the locals had a bit of fun with him and wanted to show off the piranha. They wanted to, like, kind of show off the Amazon as this exotic place. So 
they caught a bunch of piranha, kept them in a tank to starve them, and then when Teddy Roosevelt shows up, they had, like, sectioned off a part of the river, and they dumped the starving piranha into the river, so that when the president was, like, well, actually, I don't know if he was president at this time, but anyway, uh, but when Roosevelt, like, was on the river, they dumped a live cow into the river and the starving piranha devoured it. And allegedly this happened in like 30 seconds or something insane like that. And Teddy was so amazed that he wrote about this experience in his book through the Brazilian wilderness. Uh, And so this is what he has to say. They are the most ferocious fish in the world. Even the most formidable fish, the sharks or the barracudas, usually attack things smaller than themselves. But the piranhas habitually attack things much larger than themselves. They will snap a finger off a hand incautiously trailed in the water. They mutilate swimmers. In every river town in Paraguay, there are men who have been thus mutilated. They will rend and devour alive any wounded man or beast, for blood in the water excites them to madness. They will tear wounded wildfowl to pieces and bite off the tails of big fish as they grow exhausted when fighting after being hooked oh my gosh so (laughs) really dramatic and like to be fair he's not exactly wrong about all this stuff he's certainly exaggerating things but like it is true that they will eat things larger than themselves they yeah like I guess do in a way mutilate swimmers they'll like eat a toe or something but like it's just really uh just very dramatic but it, like, think about it. Any starved animal will jump at the opportunity for food. And like, have you ever seen a large group of fish feed? It's really crazy. They're like jumping out of the water and shoving each other out of the way. Like, have you ever gone to a koi pond and fed the fish there? Like, and seen the way the koi yeah. will just go nuts over this stuff. Like, they look like those videos of piranhas in a feeding frenzy. Yeah. So I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, all right, let's think about other fish and how they also feed in very similar ways when they're hungry. But like, yeah, so, you know, it it takes some time for piranhas to eat. Not that much time, because if you have like 40 fish all together, you know, all of them taking bites all at once out of something. Yeah, will they will consume it quite quickly. But uh it's yeah, it's just really overblown. But I think it's funny that of all people, like Teddy Roosevelt was like a significant reason for why people are so afraid of piranhas. Yeah, that's so interesting. I had no idea that that was where this sort of legend originated from. Yeah, but yeah, it does seem like they just get it gets biased against them because they have these teeth. Like because I mean, a lot of fish will like nibble at your feet and stuff if you you know, if you walk into their water or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't hurt. And a lot of insects are like that too. Yeah. Yeah. We're only really concerned about the ones with the big, the big teeth (laughs) or like the poisonous bite. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like piranhas are not pretty. They have like this underbite and like (laughs) they have these like crazy eyes. So yeah, they're not, they don't look super friendly. So what do they actually eat if it's not, like, live cows and human flesh? (laughs) (laughs) So 
mostly piranhas are fish eaters. They just, yeah, eat other fish. Depending on the species, they'll also eat, you know, other small vertebrates, bugs, plants, nuts and seeds. They will also scavenge carcasses in the water. They're just very opportunistic that way. There's a lot that, you know, like there's sort of these quote-unquote vegetarian piranhas called pakus, which, you know, depending on who you talk to may or may not be a piranha, but they're at least related. And yeah, they eat pretty much just vegetation, uh, but they look a lot like piranhas. So they have quite a variety of food and generally are considered to be omnivores and in some cases primarily carnivores. In general, though, they do show a preference for other fish, including other piranhas when food is scarce. And typically the way they hunt is they'll sort of, you know, burst out of the vegetation at fish that are swimming by. They'll bite the fins and the head of the fish to incapacitate their movement before feeding on the rest of them. A little a little bit of a spooky way of hunting. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it works for them. Interestingly, the smallest species of piranha, the wimple piranha, which I think is the cutest name ever, the wimple piranha, (laughs) um, it eats protein-rich fish scales. And it does this by sucking them up from the surface of the water or by ramming into other fish and jarring loose their scales. They'll also carve scales off other fish without damaging the layers underneath the scales. So it's not really like they're preying on the fish, but they're preying on parts of the fish. Hmm. It's very interesting. And piranhas can also be very good at surviving without food for long periods of time, which is useful when water levels drop and prey becomes harder to come by. Because, of course, in these Amazon river basins, there is a bit of a a like flood cycle where there's a lot of water and then all of a sudden there's not a lot. So piranha can end up in situations where they're sort of isolated from main water bodies and they're just, the food starts to disappear. And you mentioned earlier, like that piranhas not only have sharp teeth, but also strong jaws. Yeah. So this shocked me actually. The black piranha has by far the strongest bite out of any living fish for its size. So if we were to proportionally think about the strength of its jaw compared with its body size, it beats out even like the great white shark. And its ancient and extinct relative, the 2.3 foot long mega piranha, had a bite that is stronger for its size than the megalodon. So that's like that massive prehistoric shark that you may have heard of. The mega piranha, that thing existed 5 to 10 million years ago in Argentina and probably looked similar to the piranha we have today based on the upper jaw of it that was found. This jaw had very similar triangular teeth to today's species, which is why paleontologists have attributed it to an ancestor of today's piranhas. Oh my gosh, I had no idea there was a mega piranha. That is a little nightmare It is a little bit. Like two like 2.3 feet long and probably bigger than that, like 2.3 to like two and a half feet long. That's quite large. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was um, snorkeling once and saw a bunch of bluefin tuna, which aren't, you know, scary in terms of like killing you or anything, but just like the size. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> well, even thinking, like when I was thinking about fish feeding I remember going like snorkeling in Hawaii and they just had like a little bit of fish food that they threw out 
and all these fish came swarming up and they weren't even that big fish but like being surrounded by you know fish the size of dinner plates it was like oh yeah these are kind of alarming especially when you're in the water where you know your human body isn't exactly adapted very well mm-hmm. to the situation yeah and so i guess going back to the piranhas is there anything that eats them lots of things will eat them Piranhas are certainly not an apex predator. They'll be eaten by caimans, otters, birds, even river dolphins. So in the Amazon, you have those beautiful pink river dolphins. So basically anything bigger than they are, including other fish. So they have a good reason to be uh, defensive of one another. Well, were there any other interesting facts or anything you wanted to share about the piranhas? Yeah, so we haven't really talked about their groups As you've probably seen in movies, piranhas tend to be found in schools of fish, but they aren't grouping together to hunt. Piranha schools are are like, they, they remind me of like a mean girl in high school. They're like really insecure. So they surround themselves with other like insecure, scary looking individuals <laughs> as a means of protection. Like this is all just to keep themselves safe. And scientists learned this because they looked at piranha physiology and when they'd leave, like when an individual piranha would leave the group, they noticed that they sort of like would start to pant and like, like basically breathe heavier, like they're nervous or stressed. It was like a stress Mm. reaction. So that as well as some other things indicate that, yeah, it's all for protection. It's not really because, you know, if they hunt in groups, they're going to be more successful necessarily. The other interesting thing I read is that piranhas have very interesting vocalizations. So fish do sometimes make sounds. A lot of people don't consider this because they're underwater and like who would hear them? But there's three basic sounds that piranhas will make usually in what we call intraspecific situations. So when they're competing with other members of their own species. And these various sounds they make are sort of varying intensities of I'm angry and go away. So (laughs) their first sound is like a barking sound, like a low barking. And they'll do this when they're sort of standing off against uh, a potential threat or competitor, I guess. And then the second sound they make is a bit more like a grunting sound and it gets even lower. These two sounds are made with their swim bladder. And so that swim bladder is sort of their buoyancy device in their body. But if they contract it in a certain way, they'll sort of expel this sound. And then the third sound is gnashing teeth, uh, a sound that they make as they chase away the competing fish. So not a great sound. Like the idea of like a piranha gnashing its teeth at you is a little little scary. That's so cool. I love fish sounds like as someone who's really interested in like underwater microphones and all that they can reveal that's really cool oh yeah i mean the insects that i am proposing my master's study on corixids otherwise known as water boatmen they make little sounds like these cute little clicking sounds and i think that's so cool like we just don't think a lot about the sounds underwater other than like whale sounds yeah (laughs) But getting back to the piranhas, my last fun fact of the day is that arapaima, which is a fish we covered last year. So definitely go check out that episode. That was, I had a really good time recording that episode. And I feel like I often don't remember the facts. (laughs) This is going to sound terrible, but I often don't remember the facts I share on the show because like, you know, I say it and then I kind of forget it. But like that, I feel like that episode is stuck in my brain a lot because it was a really interesting fish. But anyway, point is this giant river fish 
like really, really long. It has piranha proof armor. Like its scales are piranha proof. They're very flexible and strong. And this makes sense to me because we talked about how Arapaima is a fish that has to be tolerant of living in water bodies that have basically just like evaporated during the dry season. Like there's just no water. Like they literally have to breathe air. Um, And it would make sense that if you're in like a tiny pool with some piranhas that also got trapped there, probably a good idea to piranha proof your body. So I don't know if that's necessarily why, but I I mean, I'm sure there's many reasons why piranha proof armor would be useful for Arapaima, but it, it does make sense that those two things would be associated. Oh, that's so cool. That's like the sister episode to this one. Yeah. So y'all go go listen to Arapaima. It's a good time. That's so cool. Wow. I really learned so much and dispelled all my prejudices against the piranha. Although I still like wouldn't love to be around them, but Yeah, like I still wouldn't I still wouldn't like willingly swim with them. But at least now when you see like really dramatic episodes of river monsters you can like have some critical thought about <laughs> yeah <laughs> what they're doing like i was watching another video where this guy was like fishing for black piranha the one with the strongest bite and like he basically let himself get bit like he was like oh that was dumb i shouldn't have put my thumb there but i was like okay you clearly wanted to get bitten yeah for the purpose <laughs> like why would you put your <laughs> thumb right in between its teeth <laughs> Like, this thing is, like, chomping away, gnashing its teeth. <laughs> He's literally, like, holding it in a canoe. Anyway, it just I used to do that, like, with my dog if she was, like, eating and just, like, put my, like, <laughs> thumb there just to see if she would bite me. <laughs> yeah, dogs Same are vibe. really good about that. It's like, you can, like, just stick your hand in their mouth and they're like, ah, what do yeah. I do? <laughs> they're like, please don't. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Olivia. That was great. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at beyondblathers. And check out our TikTok at beyond underscore blathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye. Bye.